Hey, mental workers. I'm Dr. Brenna Milkins, and you're listening to the Mental Work Podcast. And hey, I have a question for you. Have you ever left a workplace and had to transfer all of your clients? Have you ever had to say goodbye to some of them? If you said no, I can guarantee in the future that you will leave a workplace. You will have some reason that you need to transfer some clients. And if you said yes, how did that process go for you? I suspect it was quite overwhelming. This is the process we're going to talk about today because I didn't get taught about it at uni and I've been going through it. So I run my own private practice and I see clients and over the past few months, I've been ending therapy with all of my clients, not because I don't like them, quite the opposite. It's because next year I'll be undertaking some clinical placements and I won't be able to count my private practice hours towards those placements. I've been receiving supervision weekly for it over the past few months because it has been such an involved and difficult process. There's several questions about when should I stop accepting new referrals? When do I decline referrals? How do I let my referrers know? How do I begin preparing my clients for the change? How do I manage the sadness involved in losing some clients which I really enjoy working with? And will my clients be okay? We're going to cover all of these questions and more in this episode. In particular, we're going to be talking about the importance of ethical termination, preparing for termination, notifying the client, managing the process, addressing client reactions, and post-termination follow-up. I hope by the end of this episode, you'll come away with some helpful hints and tips. But I also want to emphasize that this episode is really just a foundational intro to the subject. It's a really good topic to seek supervision on because everybody's circumstance will be very different. And I do want to specify that I'm talking about therapist-led termination or unilateral termination. And I'm actually just going to straight up replace the word termination with ending because termination just makes me think that I'm going to murder people and that's an unpleasant imagery. So I'm going to go with therapeutic endings. And why is it important that we end therapy well with clients? Well, Firstly, it's because we do build deep therapeutic relationships with our clients. Some of our clients have never shared the things that they share with us with anyone else in their life. Some of our clients have never had a trusting relationship where they can freely share their opinions and receive non-judgmental empathy and guidance. Psychotherapy is a really in-depth process, so it makes sense that we not only develop a strong attachment to our clients, but they probably develop a strong attachment to us. So it's essential that when we're saying goodbye and ending therapy, that we get it right and we do the best that we can. If we don't get ending therapy right, we can cause harm to our clients. Think of it this way. You're essentially doing a therapeutic breakup with somebody. If you don't do it right, that person could lose all trust in the profession. They may go backwards in themselves or they might develop new difficult thoughts and feelings about themselves and other people. So you may introduce new mental health concerns. That's the impact on the client, but also for us, it can affect us if we know that we haven't done a great job by our clients. It can also lead to complaints for us and they would be valid complaints, absolutely, because we're going to have a look at our ethical responsibilities and we do have some to uphold. So let's have a look at what they are and I'm going to get out old mate APS code of ethics here and we're going to have a look at section B and I quote, When psychologists terminate a professional relationship with a client, they shall have due regard for the psychological processes inherent in the services being provided and the psychological well-being of the client. 
The next section says that psychologists make reasonable arrangements for the continuity of service provision when they are no longer able to deliver the psychological service. And finally, psychologists whose employment, health or other factors necessitate early termination of relationships with clients provide clients with an explanation of the need for termination, take all reasonable steps to safeguard clients' ongoing welfare and offer to help clients locate alternative sources of assistance. These are the basic ethical requirements that we as psychologists have to abide by when we are ending psychological services with clients. We need to tell them why we're doing it. We need to have consideration for their psychological welfare, both in the moment when we tell them and ongoing, and we need to offer to help them find another service. Here's what it would look like if I was completely disregarding the ethical codes that I just mentioned. For example, a therapist tells a client at the end of the final session, and by the way, I'm going to be leaving this workplace. This is our last session. Time's up. Okay, bye. The reason why that's unethical is because it does not show any regard for the psychological processes inherent in ending the relationship and doesn't take ethical responsibility to provide them with alternative sources of support. It does say because I'm going to be leaving this workplace. So you do get some sense of that, but you really need everything in there to be able to provide a good therapeutic ending. Before I go into how to talk to clients about it, I'm going to speak to the practicalities of this, particularly if you're in private practice or in a group practice. For me, I knew that I would have to end therapy with clients about nine months before I started doing it. So I had plenty of time to plan, think about what I was going to do and seek supervision. I stopped accepting referrals about four months before I started telling clients. And I would recommend this amount of time because I had to tell my referrers several times that I wasn't accepting referrals. And I was also getting new referrals from different GPs at the same clinic who tends to refer to me. And I had to tell them as well. And it takes extra work there because I'd want to reply to the referral, provide the person who's being referred to me with alternative sources by writing back to the GP and then let the GP know that I'm not accepting new referrals. I found that the best way to tell referrers that I wasn't accepting new referrals was to email them directly because they get so many messages from people every day. So just a quick email was good. I also came up with several templates to start declining referrals. And these were email templates. So for example, my email template would say, thank you for your interest in commencing psychological therapy with me. Unfortunately, at this time, I am not accepting new clients. I recommend seeking an alternative service and then I would list some alternative services for them. It was much easier to do a template because then I didn't have to expend the mental effort into writing up a new variation every time somebody emailed me. Finally, I put on my website that I wasn't accepting new clients. This didn't work 100%. I still had people who saw the website and were like, I saw the website, but I'm wondering if you're taking new clients and unfortunately not. One of the other things that I had to consider was that I would have old clients who had finished therapy with me come back to therapy in the time that I was ending therapy with everyone else. I hope that made sense. So they would email me being like, hey, Bronwyn, I hope I can come back to therapy. And I would have to sadly say, unfortunately, I'm not accepting new clients at this time and then provide them with other avenues for assistance. Again, I had templates for that. So I was just developing these templates as I went along and I tried to be as professional, kind and considerate of the processes involved in that. The next thing I had to do was come up with the exact approach for telling every client. So let's go through this. 
I have to say at the outset, I found it very, very, very difficult to start telling clients that I wasn't going to be back next year for therapy. Me and my supervisor talked about it for probably two months and it was us just talking about my guilt, my sadness, my difficulties in commencing the process. I hope by hearing that it can validate maybe the difficulty that you might be having. I also struggled with thinking like, I hope my clients will be okay. And at one point, I didn't actually think that I could go through with it. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do my placements next year. I'm just going to keep on going with my clients. (laughs) Once I got a script and I was happy with that script, and then I wrote out a list of all of my clients and I set the exact date that I start telling them, I was ready to go. So when did I set the date that I started telling them? It was three months beforehand. And the only way that I could get myself to start was that I said to myself, look, the longer I delay this, the less time I will have to process this ending with the client and they deserve better than that. So they deserve to fully process the ending of this relationship and also tie up any loose ends that we're working on in therapy. So, you know, forced into it in a way with my own guilt. I suppose guilt is really a good motivator at times, right? One other thing that I told myself was that I felt as though I was wrong for doing this that I shouldn't be doing this and that is like ending therapy with my clients. So I had to tell myself some things that I do tell my clients, which is that guilt is an emotion that tells us we've done something wrong. Have I actually done anything wrong here? The answer is that it's not wrong to prioritize my well-being and my educational goals. My needs are important too, essentially. And that's a foreign concept to psychologists because we give so much of ourselves to other people. So of course, when we prioritize ourselves, it's natural that it would bring up lots of feelings of guilt. But I think in this instance, it's inappropriate guilt. It doesn't match the situation. We know that there are lots of psychologists out there who do excellent work with clients, who can build therapeutic alliances very quickly, and who have expertise working with many of the problems that our clients come to see us with. In essence, we're not the only good relationship that our clients can have. And indeed, that's what we want our clients to learn. We want them to learn that we're not the only people in their lives who can provide a safe relationship. There are other health professionals who can do that too. So tip number one is you need time to process. If you've got three months, I would recommend doing it three months beforehand, starting that process, because it has taken me three months then to wrap up with all of my clients. Some days as well, I would tell one client that I'm leaving and then I would feel so overwhelmed by that loss that I wouldn't be able to tell subsequent clients that day, even though I had planned to. And so I was like, okay, I'll tell them next session. So we also need to recognize our own limits and really create time for that. The strong no would be don't do it in the last session for the client. No, don't do it. Have at least one ending session with the client. And of course, I've heard the horror stories that People have left workplaces and the workplace won't allow them to have an ending session with their client, which is extremely disappointing given that it doesn't show regard for the psychological processes inherent in ending with therapy with clients. So I would urge you to seek supervision and advocate for your clients and also yourself and being able to say goodbye. Now I'm going to share the script that I came up with. And yes, I did practice this script before I did it with the first client because I actually really needed to narrow it down. It was way too wordy to begin with. And I was over explaining and I just needed a simple sentence that I could give the client. So here's my plan. 
My plan was at the very start of the session, the client would come in, they would sit on the couch and I would say, it's so good to see you. Just before we start, I have something to let you know. After December 15th, I won't be seeing clients any longer because I will be continuing my studies next year. I'd like to hear about how this feels for you. Then I pause and I give them space to respond. So you can see how it's a very brief reason and then it has the impact. It does it at the start so that we have plenty of time to process and then it puts it back on them and their reactions. There were a few scripts that my supervisor and I came up with depending on how different clients reacted. One thing that we agreed that I would tell all clients was, as we get closer to the ending, I want to keep hearing about how you feel. Is it okay if I check in with you each session about this? So I've done that with all of my clients and they've all said, yes, that's fine. And then the next session, I would say to them, as you know, last time we talked about how I'll be leaving and I wanted to hear what thoughts and feelings have come up for you around that since then. Notice I didn't say if you've had any thoughts and feelings since we last saw each other. I did say that, but then I realized that that was a strategy of avoidance. Yeah, it's interesting when someone else points it out to you. Of course, they've had thoughts and feelings about it. So I want to hear that rather than giving them an opportunity to deny those feelings. Because the more that it's able to come into the therapeutic space, the more that we can talk about it and process it. Another potential reaction I had anticipated that I discussed in supervision was what it would look like if the client was feeling angry or hurt. The script we came up with was... It's important that I put my professional needs first and part of you probably feels angry and hurt and I'd like to hear more about that. Do you want to say more about that? So we're naming and validating the feeling and creating space to talk about it. I do want to say that despite my prediction that maybe clients would feel angry or hurt, I've ended therapy with 35 clients and none of them have expressed anger or hurt. They've expressed sadness. Some of them have been like, yeah, that's cool. Good for you. So they've actually been happy for me and pursuing my education. And then some have been neutral. So I'd say I've received neutral, happy for me and sad responses. Overall, what we want to be doing is creating a space for all reactions. Finally, another thing that I said to all clients was that as part of our ending work together, I can find someone else to refer you on to. And that's been really helpful to say to all clients because I've noticed that the most common reaction is worry that they won't be able to find somebody else. So prior to doing this script and starting to tell clients, I'd already made preparations to refer to several psychologists. So I posted in the psychologist Facebook groups and I said, does anybody have any capacity for clients? I got psychologists who answered who were located in several suburbs who had different areas of expertise and I compiled a list of those psychologists and so that I knew I had somebody who I could definitely refer my clients to who had that capacity. One thing that I said to my clients as well was that let's say you contact the new psychologist before I leave and they say to you oh I don't actually have availability anymore please let me know and I will help to find somebody else. And the reason I said that to them was that it's often more difficult for clients to find a new psychologist than it is for me. It's much easier for me to post in a Facebook group and be like, hey, does anybody have capacity than it is for clients to bring 10 people around and get kind of disenfranchised with that. And to be honest, it also made me feel better. The thing that I really didn't want for my clients was I didn't want them to end therapy with me and then have nobody else to turn to. I really did want them to be able to link in with somebody else. And so I think that was part of alleviating my guilt that I was like, nope, I would definitely find a psychologist and I will find several psychologists who I can recommend you to. 
after I ask the clients if they want to share any more thoughts and feelings around that, we end that conversation and then we turn the therapy space onto them. A key takeaway I've learned from this process is that I want to be creating space for curiosity more so than reassurance. So by that, I mean, with any reaction that the client brings up, I want to be saying to them, tell me more about that. I don't want to be saying, look, it's going to be okay, or it's not going to be that hard. I have said to some clients that therapy will be different with your next psychologist. It won't be me exactly the same, but there could be some really good things about continuing that relationship. You could gain different insights into yourself and have different ways of approaching therapy. But most of all, I really want to process those feelings and the loss of this relationship. I do want to highlight that I might be making this sound quite easy. I hope I'm not. I hope you're understanding that this is a really difficult process. Um, But, you know, if you found it easy, fantastic. I'm really pleased to you. (laughs) And I think the reason why it's so difficult as well, one of my key guilts is that I was thinking, look, my clients have already got enough going on for them. And then I'm going to be bringing them some bad news that I'm not going to be here anymore. I didn't want to be that bearer of bad news. So again, I had to remind myself that I'm not doing anything wrong. It's good to prioritize my goals, that it's okay to feel sad and to make space for that grieving, but to really strive to give clients the best ending that I could possibly provide them. Because again, I think that some clients who we have, they may not have experienced good endings. They may have never learned that they can process that sadness and that grief together with somebody. And they might never have learned that a good relationship can end and they go on to have good relationships in the future. So there's a lot of good psychological fodder, I guess, that comes out of ending therapy, both for psychologists and for clients. So you've told your client that you are ending therapy. What next? Well, my supervisor told me that clients can respond to you letting them know that you're ending therapy in one of three ways. My supervisor said there's the angry, and again, I haven't received this, but they said that clients might say, fuck you, I'm leaving, and they never contact you again. Out of 35 clients, I haven't had any angry ones, like I said, but I have had a few who have just ghosted me. And when I examine those clients, I think that makes sense as a way for coping with endings for them. Their second possible reaction is that they keep coming to sessions, but they stop working. I haven't had any clients who have done this one either. The third reaction is that they keep coming and work right up until the point of finishing. Out of the three, I definitely prefer this one. So keep coming to therapy and work right up until the end. And this is the option that most of my clients have taken. Interestingly, another reaction that I've seen in my clients is that their progress has accelerated. I don't really know what's going on here. I think I need to unpack it a bit more. But one hypothesis I do have is that maybe the progress is accelerating because they're hopeful that if they can be a good client, air quotes, then maybe I won't leave, uh, which I think is, is sad. But I'm also happy that they're accelerating their progress. Might be my own projection, but it might also be something that I'm picking up. Session to session, I've been checking in with clients about what feelings and thoughts have shown up for them about ending therapy and whether they have any questions. If clients say, no, I don't have any thoughts or feelings, I've said to some clients, well, this professional relationship we have is quite important in a lot of people's lives. And I'm thinking it might be important in your life as well. This is a normalizing statement. So it tells clients that, look, it's perfectly normal to have thoughts and feelings show up about them. And again, it communicates that I want to hear them. Even if a client is having internal thoughts such as, I really hate you, I hate you for leaving me, then I really do want to make space for that thought. 
because I don't want them to process that on their own. I wanted to do it in therapy. I do want to flag that sometimes clients may express panic around you leaving. I've found that telling them that I am going to help them find another psychologist and I've already located a few potential psychologists has been really helpful. Some clients have felt quite panicky and in their panic, they have said things like, but I can still email you or contact you. And I think that that's quite a natural response. They want to hang on to that relationship. My response has been, unfortunately, that won't be possible. Tell me what that brings up for you. So we're always putting it back on the client with a very short boundary implementation there. We're really doing a clean cut therapeutic breakup. Let's move on to the final session. I'll tell you my reactions first because they are coming up. And that is that final sessions bring up a lot of sad emotions for me. I've had a lot of losses in my lives, people come and go, and I'm sure that you've had similar. So saying to someone, I'm not going to be seeing you anymore, it just brings up a huge sense of grief for me. I feel that talking about it has been really helpful and not trying to deny my humanity that I'm a human who has feelings about the people that they work with, but of course in professional ways, but it's always such a privilege and a joy to be able to witness somebody's growth and work with them and to see the changes that they have created, sometimes over many years that they have entrusted us with being part of their journey. Of course, that is going to bring up some feelings of sadness when we're no longer part of that journey and we really wish the very best for that person. I've been mostly processing these feelings of grief in supervision and just in myself. So one of the things that I really like doing is I love going for bike rides and walks and I do a lot of my thinking there and a lot of my processing there. There is some space to be able to communicate your feelings to clients in sessions. We don't want to make it all about us, but I have said to clients when appropriate, I notice that sadness comes up for me when we talk about this. I do feel sad that our relationship is ending. I will miss you. It has been a pleasure to work with you. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your journey. And I think that's been really meaningful to clients because they want to know that the relationship has meant something to us as well, that we've changed as a person as a result of meeting them. And I think that is really important to communicate. Some clients, they don't indicate that the relationship is as important to them in that way. So I haven't said, I've, I've used my judgment essentially to work out, look, is this a client that I'm going to say I miss you with, or is that not quite how our relationship is? I've had a few clients bring me gifts. We've talked about the meaning of the gifts. Thank you so much for the gifts. So we talk about how the relationship meant to them. I've had a few clients ask me for a hug. I know hugs are a big contentious area, but my policy is that I do not touch clients, but if a client wants a hug and I feel comfortable doing that, then I'm happy to do that. It doesn't sit right with me as a human and a psychologist to deny someone a hug if I feel comfy with it and they feel comfy with it as well. One thing that I've also gotten from clients is that they've asked me, have you seen a change in me? And I think this is part of the reassurance. They want to know, like, have I actually made progress? Have I moved closer to where I want to be? Have you seen that? And this is one of my favorite parts of ending therapy, actually, because I get to say all these wonderful things about the clients. And what I really try and do is tell them something unique about them, which is quite easy because I know the clients well. But what I'm trying to communicate to them is, look, I see you as a unique person. You're not just somebody who comes into this room and I see a paycheck like on your head. You're someone who means something to me. Our work together is meaningful and I recognize the growth that you have had. So for example, I will say something to someone like, I see that you're a deep thinker who cares deeply about the world and that affects the way that you see yourself and other people. 
And I see that you need this therapeutic space to be able to contain and process all the deep thoughts that you have about the world and develop self-compassion towards yourself so that you can keep on moving through it without beating yourself up. I wanted to be quite specific. So it's a meaningful end to therapy. I did talk with my supervisor about the idea of giving gifts, kind of like a comfort item so that they can look at it and know that I'm still thinking of them or that they can think of me. In the end, I decided not to, mainly because of practical reasons. I just didn't know what to do and I didn't want to give people a rock. Like if you want to give people a rock, please go for it. I think rocks are lovely and they're lovely and smooth, but a rock just wasn't my jam. And the only other thing I could think of was like knitted toys, but then knitted toys take some time for me to do. (laughs) Um, So I ended up just doing nothing and trying to be as therapeutic in a session as possible. One of the things that I have been doing in last sessions with clients is creating a relapse prevention plan. And my favorite tool for doing this is I've got a traffic light worksheet. It's got a red section, a green section, a yellow section. And the green section is doing okay, yellow is whelmed, and red is overwhelmed. It's got two columns, and one column is how I know that I'm in the green, yellow, and red, and the other column is how do I move from the red to the yellow and the yellow to the green, and how do I stay in the green? So we fill in that together, and then I email them a copy because I'm in a paperless practice. And what I say to them is that ideally they want to stay in the green zone, but if they get into the yellow zone, that's when they really need to intervene so that they don't get into the red zone. We don't want to get there. We want to intervene early. I usually find that clients are quite reassured by this activity. So that's pretty much the only standard one I do with my clients. When we're wrapping up therapy with clients, we do need to think about our documentation throughout this process. So you definitely need to be writing down informed client of need for termination in this session. We also need to write down what their reaction was to that. We also need to document that we've followed up with them about it every session. If your clients are referred by GPs or NDIS or any other referrers, you need to write back to your referrer to let them know that you've closed the case and that essentially you're handing back responsibility to them. You also need to let the referrer know that you've provided alternatives and you need to let the referrer know what you had been working on and where they're up to now. Another consideration on the paperwork side of things is if clients want you to talk to their next psychologist or they want information from you. So Clients are entitled to their health information unless you have a specific reason to decline their request so that the information that they're seeking would place the client at risk or you fear that. The Australian privacy principles say that you need to release that information. Now, you could choose how you do release it. You can say to them, come into the practice and I'll have a session with you and go through your notes if they're requesting your notes. And I would recommend doing this because Our notes are often for us and other psychologists to see, and we might use jargon that when it's read by clients, it might be, I guess, like not so pleasant for them to read, or they might take it and interpret it in a context which we hadn't intended, which makes sense clinically, but is not so nice to read. So you being there with them while they read it is a good idea. You can also offer to send them a summary, or you can send them the letter that you sent their GP or their referrer. I tend to do that when people want a summary of the sessions. Another thing you can do is that if clients want you to talk to their next psychologist, you will need to get the client to sign a form that says it's okay to disclose confidential information gained through the psychological service with another psychologist. I've got a template and if you are in a group practice, I'm sure they've got a template as well, but essentially it's just saying exactly that. It's like, I client give permission for Bronwyn psychologist to disclose the following information to blah, next psychologist. 
and there are no restrictions on this disclosure or they can place restrictions on it. And then you sign it and date it. But above all, and I think it goes without saying, do not share confidential information with anybody unless you have explicit written informed consent from your client. Okay. So we're coming to this end of process of ending therapy. Gosh, what a what an involved journey. It's it's a deep process, listeners. The last thing I want to give some airtime to is the ongoing self-care that psychologists need in this whole process. I really did need to acknowledge to myself that this is a big deal. It's hard to terminate therapy with 35 people. It's hard to lose what you've worked so hard to build up with clients, but they will be taken care of. We've got lots of fantastic colleagues in our profession who can work really well with our clients. I know that I will continue to process this loss as I go along and supervision has been really helpful in that. In summary, we've talked about therapist-led endings. We've talked about why it's important to do it well, how to tell the client, how to manage the process, addressing client reactions, documentation, ethical considerations. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, I reckon this episode is a good foundation to doing it yourself, but do seek supervision around this because every situation is unique and the clients that you have will be different and your reasons for ending therapy will be different. You may also need a longer period to terminate than the one that I've said in this episode. If, for example, you've got a complex trauma caseload, you may need less time to end if you've got a six-session max EAP service. You may need additional resources for clients So I've needed to look into public health services and it has been a pain in the ass to do referrals for public health services. You go through rejection after rejection to try and find the right service for your client and several phone calls. So give yourself space and capacity to go through that process as well if you have to go through it. But in the end, it's all worth it. It's worth it to make sure that our clients get the best care possible and that we can sleep easy at night knowing that we've done our absolute best in this situation. I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. And if it's not helpful now, I hope it's helpful in the future. If it has, send me a message on the Patreon. I would be really happy to hear how you've gone with this process. And if you know anyone who could benefit from this episode, I'd love it if you could share it with them. Okay, that's enough for now. Have a good one, listeners, and catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mental Work, the podcast for early career psychologists. If you're loving the show and don't want to miss an episode, press follow on your podcast listening app. If you want to show us some love, consider sharing the episode with a friend or giving us a five-star rating and review in your podcast app. If you want to show us some extra love, join our Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash mentalworkpodcast. This really helps to keep the podcast alive. Want to keep the conversation going? Have a cool idea for an episode or just want to say hi? Send me an email or join the Facebook page by clicking on the links in the show description. See you next time.